You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello. We are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. And today we get you for the last time. This is my wife, Cassandra Vaughn Worsley, and we are on episode 196. The topic or the title of this is Can Improper Grading and Drainage Lead to Black Mold? So if I was to ask you that question, what would you think, Cassandra? Well, I, I finally get what improper grading and drainage means, but some of our listeners might not. So do you want to explain to everybody what is grading and drain there's lots of people who will not they'll be like i think i know what that means yeah so we use we use the term grading and drainage together because they kind of coexist together so the grading would be your final grade outside the home so around the home just like you know in a road you have a crown in a road so that the water flows to the gutters or at least off the roads that would be your grading and you could call that drainage too, but typically when I talk about grading and drainage, I'm including things like rain gutters, sump pumps, and things like that. You know, and right now, we just got slammed by a ton of snow. We're supposed to be getting more snow. It's not going to be much compared to this last storm. Uh, so we're having a lot of problems in Utah and in Wyoming. Right now, people are, we're, we've kind of had a really wet winter, but it's been kind of funky too. You know, we've had rain and the middle of the winter and just lots of moisture and so people's basements are flooding and they're not sure why and the first thing I always say you know when I see these things or we see it on the news I always say to you that's grading and drainage and so that would be everything around your home that deals with moisture or water rain snow any runoff flows away from the home which would include the gutters so 
the whole point is, is to get everything away from the house. And that's what I mean by grading and drainage. So it's the, lo- it, it's the number of reinforcements that exist around a house to ensure that moisture moves away from the house. So that could be the soil being at a certain angle, right? Correct. So our, our standards state that the grading has to have a positive slope away from the home for a minimum of six feet. Uh, so that just means for six feet, that water's it's got to just slope away from the house. Now, different municipalities have different codes, uh, but for the most part, I would say you're safe with six feet of positive slope that's at least a 5% slope. So that's, you know, it's not that hard to do unless you run into problems where you have elevation concerns. You know, if the if your bottom of your siding, because you don't want to cover your siding up, if the bottom of your siding is much lower than everything around it, and everything runs right to the house, that 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 poses a fairly large problem on how you deal with that water runoff. And, you know, it's something we talk about quite often when it comes to contractors. And I'm not demeaning the contractors. I, I used to be one. The name of our company's Contractor Services, CNC Contractor Services. So... I'm not saying it in a mean way, but you know, some contractors don't care. They build the house and they leave. But if they if they put the top of the foundation too low in comparison with the with the curb out at the street, if the foundation's here and it's a foot below the top back of curb, your water has nowhere to run. That's why you want the top of your foundation to be a foot and a half or two feet higher than the curb so that everything can run away. Does that make sense? That does make sense. You said certain there are certain criteria. I think lots of people assume that when they buy a house and they get a home inspection, the home inspector would let them know if that home doesn't have rain gutters, doesn't have the right positive sloping. Is that typically what, like, will somebody buying a house know that their house is deficient in grading and drainage? They should. And when I say they should, you know, should's very gray area, broad term you know, a, a home inspector should be able to pick all that up. But let's just say that you 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 buy a new home and your realtor tells you and your contractor tells you, well, the city inspector's passed everything, so you're good to go. Do you just trust that? No. You wouldn't, but but in, with, but with what our yeah, listeners... Most like, yeah, that, it's fine to live in and move in, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, the city says it's good. It's contractor. My realtor says it's fine. And I'm not saying you can't trust those people, but that's why a home inspector, you know, I did, when I used to do home inspections, I did a lot of inspections on new properties. And, you know, I, I address this in the Black Mold and Home Inspections book, but realtors are paid to sell homes. And so I get it. Like, they, you know, they, they don't want very many hiccups in that whole process. And most realtors are good realtors. They want to make sure that you're getting a home that's got proper grading. But a lot of times they're going to just give you that excuse, like, well, you don't need it. Well, the person that really doesn't want you to have the inspector come in, home inspector, is the contractor himself or herself. And it's, you know, I I, I say it quite often, I'm not liked by many contractors. And I've said it too, you know, a lot of realtors don't like really thorough home inspectors because we... we come in and we report things that, let's just say you're my, my client and my buyer. I come to you and I say, Cassandra, like this grading might be good for two feet, but it's 
after two feet, it has nowhere to get away from your foundation. One good rainstorm, that water's going to puddle and probably come right back to your foundation. So, you know, in those situations, I think our listeners just assume that the contractor and the realtor and the city inspector are all working together to make sure you buy a home that's going to have proper grading and drainage. But there is, so here's a hiccup I'm going to throw into this. Let's say you're buying a brand new home. You hire a home inspector. I go in there. I look at it. Everything looks good. But if you had a really wet winter, I don't really know what's going on below the soils, what I can see. You could have, uh, depending on where you live, you could have a higher water table. And so what is a water table? So the water table is the amount of water that's in the soils. Uh, when you when a, when a developer develops a subdivision, once again, all municipalities are different, but you have to do soils tests and... You know, if, if you're in a, out in the country for, like, septic systems, you do a perk test. And it, at the end of the day, well, what it tells us is how permeable the soils are, how likely they are to absorb moisture or not absorb it. You know, when you have, when you have clays, depending on the types of clays, some will not absorb much water, especially if you have, like, bentonite in it. If you have more sands, the water's going to filtrate down through those soils. And so the water table just kind of tells us, you know, just like New Orleans, when whenever they get a hurricane, it's 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 a major major concern because they're below sea level. We're not going to get into the weeds of how New Orleans was built, but that's why they have all those. I call them dikes, but I'm not sure what they're like. Lake Pontchartrain and all that. A lot of those, the water comes from the city, which is pumped into a lake, and then they have all these dikes. You know, that I remember in Hurricane Katrina, those dikes got breached and literally felled, and that's how it did all the damage it did. And so somewhere like that would have a high water table. So if you think about, like, in Wyoming, there's some areas where we have really sandy materials, and it's not, you know, a concern as far as, as high water tables. But if you look at somewhere in Utah, like the Great Salt Lake, if you get out in those areas like Syracuse and West Point, you get closer to the water, and so the water table is going to be higher. And so when you have a higher water table, that's when we start seeing sump pumps and drain tile systems. And so, did I answer your question? Yes, but I guess for the for the average homeowner who may not know all of this, they're assuming that they're going to be made aware if the water table is a concern. They're going to be made aware. If the home they're purchasing is in need, and when you say that, who do you think is going to make them aware of that? I assume the home inspector and the realtor. Okay, but, the, the reason I ask you that is, is because as a home inspector, like I could tell you when I was doing it. Now, you know, I mean, I, I've dealt with properties, you know, right across the street from a river, and the crawl space was flooded and it was full of mold. Well, I could tell you that the water table is really high, and they needed certain things in place to prevent moist uh, soils in the crawl space. But, you know, when I go do just, just mold inspections, like I don't know every subdivision and what type of soils are there. So, you know, the reason I ask you that is because our listeners are probably like, well, who do we ask? Exactly. And that's where, as a listener, you have to do your due diligence. Like we're trying to educate our listeners. But on the other hand, like I, I don't know 
your inspector's not going to know. Your realtor probably isn't really going to know. And so you got to be really careful who you're asking because certain people might be just telling you what they think you want to hear. So but when I think about a, a homeowner doing their due diligence, what does that mean? So if you're buying any home, whether it's a brand new construction or, you know, it's a home that was built 30 years ago, you need to hire a home inspector and not to dive into that to it's my second bestseller black mold and home inspections book. That's why I dive into those issues of you. You have to protect yourself at the end of the day. The city inspector is not going to be responsible. If, if your basement floods, your realtor is typically not going to be, and neither is the contractor. Once the one year warranties up and all that, like, at the end of the day, all the burden's on you. And, you know, our listeners are listening to this and they're like, well, yeah, but I don't, that's not what I do. Well, we're telling them, hey, you need to get a home inspector in there. And a home inspector is a generalist. So that home inspector is going to come in and say, hey, I think we found mold. Maybe you need to get a hold of, of someone like Steve, who's a mold specialist. So our listeners need to know how important grading and drainage is, and they need to do their due diligence and hire an inspector. I mean, homes these days, especially Utah, Wyoming, I think anywhere out west, you know, we were talking about that the other day, so many home prices have just gone through the roof. Like, a, what's a starter home these days, like in Utah? 000, how much? 500000 Yeah, so half a million dollars. Exactly. I mean... If, if you can't afford, and let's say it costs you $1,000 for all the inspections, which is very feasible. A home inspector is typically 500 or less. If you can't afford 500000 or if you can't afford $500, but you can afford 500000 something's not adding up, if that makes sense. That does make sense. But let's say, I mean, so so clearly what you're saying is it's really important to do a home inspection if you're buying a home to make sure you ask questions of your home inspector like, well, what is the water table and is the grading and drainage okay? The home inspector should be able to answer those things. But what if you're a person who didn't know to ask those questions, you bought a home, you've been in a home for five to 10 years, and now you see that there's a grading and drainage problem, but you don't necessarily have enough room to kind of elevate that grading of the foundation. Now you feel kind of like, man, I'm sort of stuck. Yeah, and so that's something a lot of people, we were talking about earlier, so you're at the top of your foundation, when your contractor or the contractor, let's say the home's been built 20 years ago, the top of their foundation in comparison to the top back curb, we call it TBC, needs to be at least, like I said, when I was building homes, I liked two feet, but if the house is close to the street, that's, that's too much of a steep angle. But if they, they didn't do that, and literally your bottom of your siding, and that's to get the bottom of your siding up higher, if the bottom of your siding is lower than that curb or what your neighbor's grading is, you don't have any elevations to get rid of that water. So going back to what I was saying, what our standards are, is six feet. So what you do is you'd go out six feet away from the, the home, and you'd literally just, you would drop the elevation, so you could literally take a rototiller and go a couple feet wide, then you take all that dirt and, and you pull that dirt out of there and you slope and make a V-ditch. But that V-ditch is, 
it's a cross drain like you, you see out on streets or intersections, but that's how you can get the water away. If you can't do it with, with just dirt, then that's where you get into literally right at the foundation, you do a drain tile system, which consists of digging up around the entire foundation, which is, I'm not going to say it's not uncommon, but it, it's not very common. It shouldn't be, but it's something that's very feasible to do. And you literally put a French drain in, and then you, you can pipe that to a sump pump, and then the water gets pumped out to wherever you can get rid of it. So it's not a big deal. And okay. you know, for our listeners, and they sit there and they're freaking out, and they're like, well, the only way we can get proper slope is to cover the siding. You never want to cover up your siding. Because why do you never want to cover? Because it'll siding? it'll get wet, start rotten. Um, if it's a if it's a non-porous material, let's just say it's brick, the water's still sitting right there, and it's gonna make its way into the home. You never, and it's against code. I would imagine everywhere you can't cover up the siding okay. with dirt, and you know that brings up something too that our listeners need to know and realize that. You gotta, you gotta make sure you're using the proper materials for your backfill and your slope. If your hard surface, which is the dirt that's sealed, so the water typically is not going to penetrate through that, if it's flat and then you come in and the landscaper brings in rock and gravel and whatever, that, the rock is permeable. If it's sand, same thing. Even if it looks like it's sloped away, it could be the subgrade below it could be flat. Okay. And that's what I meant by the inspector is not going to go dig holes. No. So there are things that your inspector can't catch, and even the city inspector might be might not catch that. So you got to be careful. My whole point with that is, is you got to make sure that before you put that gravel or sand or whatever there, that there is a non-permeable type of surface like dirt that's compacted so that the water still runs away. Does that make sense? That does make sense. So really from a prevention perspective, it's about making sure you understand, make sure you have a non-permeable surface that slopes six feet away from the house, but it's not even just that. It's making sure you have things like rain gutters. Exactly. And rain gutters is, you see these commercials all the time. There's several different brands that that have screens and whatnot, but but your rain gutters are very important to proper grading and drainage. And so... You know, when you when you put rain gutters up, they should be the entire length of the house, not just over a doorway. Once those gutters are there, obviously, if you have trees, it's really, to me, it's a no-brainer. It doesn't cost that much to have screens over them, so no leaves or debris can get in there. Then you have your downspouts, and from your downspout, you need to have a downspout extension, which gets the water away from the house. So your gutters are very important when it comes to grading and drainage. Would you say that most people's homes have gutters? Uh, I would say if if back in my home inspection days, how often were there proper gutters? Um, I would say probably 60 to 70% were improper. So wow. only 30% had proper gutters. So how would... Uh... A homeowner know if their gutters are proper the easiest way you know we talk about it we're actually going to be doing i think next week's episode 
uh, you won't, you're only here for this one. This is your last one for a while. Uh, but I think next week is my spring checklist, but I talk about getting up on the roof for our listeners that don't want to get on the roof and check their gutters. When it's raining, poke your head out the door and see if water's coming out of the downspouts. If you, if you look up and you see water's dripping from the gutters, something's wrong. Um, and if you don't have gutters, then you know that that's, that's a concern where the water literally just runs off of your shingles or your metal roof, whatever it is, just literally rolls off and you can clearly see it. There's homes that don't have gutters and they haven't for years. You can literally see a couple feet or maybe a foot away from their foundation. There's literally almost a trench there from all the water that just hits coming off the roof. So, so I guess to answer your question, the easiest way is to just go outside during a rainstorm or right after and just see, look around and see what's going on. And so if you if, if so many people in your past home inspection experiences don't have great rain gutters, then what should people who are not sure whether or not they do, what should they do now? Should they, who checks it? They just look and then they, they know. Well, if you don't have any, I mean, you could, you could hire a mold inspector to do a mold inspection, not just testing, they would catch that, or they should. I know I would. That's why we're talking about it. It's important. You could hire a home inspector, but do you need to do that? If you don't have, if you're one of our listeners and you're like, yeah, I keep keep telling my husband we got to put gutters up there, but he says we're fine, and whenever we get a little bit of moisture in the basement, he's like, I'll take care of it. All you got to do is just call a gutter company, and it you know, a lot of our listeners might say, well, who does gutters? There's usually, it's just a rain gutter company. I don't, I'm not familiar with a whole lot of companies that let's say they do landscaping and gutters. Usually it's just a gutter company, rain gutter company. And it's so hard, you know, I was pricing some stuff for materials just today. It's so hard to gauge what, what cost of materials are. But for less than probably ten to twelve dollars a linear foot, um, in your, a, a typical home, I would say, is probably about 150 linear feet of gutters. You should be able to get it done for for less around ten to twelve dollars a foot. Okay. And that's, you know, it might cost a couple dollars extra um, to put screens on it, but it's not that expensive and. For our listeners that think they're going to run to Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever hardware store and get those do-it-yourselfers, typically those are not seamless gutters. Not typically. They're not seamless. They're pieced together. And those are, they're usually problematic. So it just, it makes sense. When you, when you hire a professional, they literally have a machine and you want to make sure it's seamless gutters. They measure and they have a machine in their trailer with a roll of aluminum that literally spits out the gutters. So it's literally custom cut to the length that you need. And why do you want to have seamless gutters? So that there's no there's no voids, no seams that, you know, at a seam, you're, you would silicone them, but water could, you know, over time that silicone would fail, and then water could be dripping at the seams. Okay. So it's just best to have one continuous piece. So it sounds like whether it's 
any form of grading and drainage support, people want to look at their overall grading and drainage support system and figure out, do I have gutters? Is it properly sloped six feet away from the house? If it's not, what steps do I need to take? So what is your call to action for people? Well, it's, I mean, we pretty much just told them, take, just take a few minutes, five minutes of your time, go outside right now, walk around your house, make sure everything right against the house, all the grading. And if it is gravel, then pull some of that gravel back and see, make sure everything slopes away from the home and then look up and make sure you have rain gutters where they should go. It's, I know it's simple for me to say it, but you know, we, I talk about it on my Pinterest posts, which I'm trying to get caught up on. When I say caught up, I'm sure listeners know I just started. When did I just start doing that? December, maybe? January? Oh, yeah. I'm not as quick as you are, but I'm trying to get caught up, uh, and I still have a lot to go. But when I do, you know, when they sign up for our opt-ins, the bi-weekly emails, I talk about the same things um, on our Facebook page. I talk about these things. I'll have pictures and graphics so that people can see. So if they, if they're not sure at all what they're looking for, they can, they can go to our Facebook page or they could even just Google it and they'll see pictures of what, how everything should look. That's awesome. So definitely now the, the main thing is education, observation, and documentation. Exactly. Yep. And like I said, Pinterest, uh, they can follow me. I, probably should know is it cnc contractor services or just my name i'm not sure but if you look up stephen worsley on pinterest it should come up yeah i'm pretty sure it's my name actually yeah i'm pretty sure it is because you wanted it branded yes. to brand a name yeah so so yeah they can go to pinterest and on behalf of all of our listeners for the last month we appreciate you coming in and giving them a little variety i know i've enjoyed it and i'm sure our listeners get tired of hearing me but next week and for for however long till you come back, uh, they're going to have to just deal with me. So, But we do appreciate having you. It's it's always nice to have someone that's a lot more educated than I am. So we appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Yep. So for our listeners, this was episode 196. And we appreciate you listening. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Pinterest. Uh, sign up for our email list. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.